Hello and welcome <laughs> to another episode of Observe and Report. Observe and Report, this is the show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them, all right? Um, and I am one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, and sitting across from me, as always, Jack Smith. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and we are live here together in person. Hopefully you are having a good time listening to this wherever you're listening to this at. And we're going to get into it. We're going to do this thing. All right. We're going to talk about some movies and shows that we watch. And hopefully you enjoy it. Let's get get us started, buddy. <laughs> you first. I'll talk about something that I watched. Um, so... As a result of Prime Day, because we are all slaves to these corporate overlords, um, I can afford anything except for a two-month, 99-cent subscription to Showtime. <laughs> and as a result, I wound up watching uh, the movie Jaxi, um, starring Adam Devine and uh, Rose Byrne. And the plot of the movie is basically, what if her starring Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson was funny and not like a sad downer <laughs> of a movie. Oh, I actually liked her, but yeah, I get it. I liked her a lot too, but like it is a story about like a relationship and the, the end of a relationship and growing. And this is just about dick jokes, um, quite honestly. Oh. Like it's not good, <clears throat> but it is fun. It's like, this is, a mo- this is not a, a movie that people pay money to make anymore. Wait, so Jexy wasn't up for an Oscar? Um, surprisingly, you know, it got <laughs> robbed, quite honestly. Um, it really, really did in uh, 2020. Um, but yeah, it came out last year in 2019. Um, it, f- it felt like I saw a bunch of ads for it, which made it feel like targeted advertising to me because I know no one else has heard of this movie. I've definitely <laughs> heard of it. How do you spell Jexy? J-E-X-I. So the basic premise is Adam Driver is... Adam Driver is... No, he's not in this. Adam Devine is... <laughs> Adam Driver, surely this is below you. Oh, Adam Devine, yes, this makes sense. This is right in his ballpark. <laughs> uh, he plays a journalist at a BuzzFeed-style uh, uh, media outlet that gets a new phone because he is so addicted to his phone. He breaks it, gets a new phone, and there's a new personal assistant on his phone called Jaxie, and she decides to make his life better by any means necessary. Um, and the voice of Jaxie is played by Rose Byrne, who uh, gotcha. delivers a very fun, monotone performance, uh, mimicking that of like a Siri or like a Cortana or these various phone AIs. Um, they weirdly have good chemistry together. <laughs> they play off of each other very well. Um, and Rose Byrne is very, very funny. And I feel like I don't see her in as many things as I'd like to. I agree. Um, and I technically didn't see her in this. <laughs> I just heard her in this. Um, but a few other people are in it. Ron Funches, Charlene Yee. Um, it's a really good cast. Michael Pena. Um, they're all... Kid Cudi? Kid, Kid Cudi is like one of the most hired rappers in anything for movies. Jason, I'd have a kid with Kid Cudi any day. I'm not upset at that. I'm not upset at him. <clears throat> like, he just had a really busy 2019. I didn't realize that he was in that. He was in Westworld. Like... He was in Westworld? Season three of Westworld. He, oh, I didn't finish. He, I only watched like the first couple episodes. He plays uh Jesse. He plays Aaron Paul's like best friend oh, that he like, you cute. know, keeps uh thinking about that died in like battle. That was Kid Cuddy. That was Kid Cuddy. That's Scott excuse me, he wasn't going by Kid Cuddy in that. He's going as Scott Mascuti. Um uh, God bless you. 
<laughs> Grazie. Um, yes, yeah, Scott Miscuti, uh, aka Kid Cudi. How do you spell Mis- Miscuti? M E S C U D I. Oh, because I was thinking it was spelled like Miss Cutie. <laughs> and I was like, that's adorable. Little Miss Cutie. Oh, uh, no, but <laughs> it's like, it's either him and like, or Machine Gun Kelly as far as like most high rapper of 2019, 2020. Yeah. Like, they're in everything. So that's his real ras- last name. Yeah. Really, this whole show is just going to be me learning about <laughs> Kid Cudi's life because I know nothing about music or musicians. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, it's a, a nice use of your own name and like your rap persona. Totally. Like, great, I just, great, great pull. Nice, yeah. man. And I need to know this for when I meet him. <laughs> He'll be charmed by my lack of like um, awe at his fame. <laughs> but I'll know enough not to embarrass You're myself. You just call him Scott. What's up? And he'll be like, hey. <laughs> and that's your in. You know his name. And no one else does. I'll be your Miss Cutie to your Miss Cutie. <laughs> Um, but one thing about the movie that was just very funny to me that I couldn't stop commenting on was the fact that like, this is a guy who is living in San Francisco in a, like a one bedroom apartment and like life is fine. And he works like at a very low level, like an entry level job at a Buzzfeed style company. That makes me crazy. You are either, you're either born into money or you hit the lotto or something like it's or just you murdered a rich person and yeah. are living in their home you're doing a talented mr ripley and you're living under an assumed name <laughs> like and like the girl that he's like dating like owns a bike shop and it's like no alexandra no. ship yes she's very pretty and it's like this is she looks like Aubrey plaza's cousin or something like that yeah I like see it. i could absolutely believe that they're related mm. um pretty but yeah the, the jobs do not match where they're living that makes me crazy. And also the money they threw at this movie, the soundtrack's great. Like it's a lot of like classic songs. Like these songs are not cheap to get the right the rights for. One hmm. and two, you're filming on location in San Francisco. Oh wow. And it's like that's not cheap either. Who paid for this? <laughs> like I'm just very surprised that someone really threw a lot of money at it. It looks good. And also like, yeah, this came out in theaters. This some this this feels like something that would and go straight to Netflix. Too. Yeah. Like I'm very surprised the studio bet the money on something like this working and bringing people in. Yeah. And I don't think it did, which is sad. Yeah, no. But, you know, everyone in it is good and likable. Um, It's just, yeah, not anything you'd really want to spend a whole bunch of money on. It's like, absolutely catch this on TV. Get it for 99 cents for two months, like I did. Um, But, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. They're they're betting hard on... Adam Devine. It's not a bad bet. People like him. He's very popular. He's in a lot of things. But like, I I wouldn't get out of my house to go and see this movie at all. Yeah, no. Um, so I watched a little comedy called Save Yourselves with an exclamation point. Okay. I've not heard of this at all. What was it on? Who's in it? <laughs> What's she like? <laughs> <laughs> Have you, met her, have you met her parents yet? <laughs> um, what did I see it on? I might have rented it. Because I had seen trailers for it and it looked cute. Um, it's with Sunita Mani and John Reynolds, who you don't realize it, but you've seen him in a lot of stuff before. Um, he's in a lot of comedies. Okay. Um, so it's a comedy about these, like, a very, like, well-meaning hipster couple... 
Oh, wait a minute. You showed me a trailer of this. I have heard of this. I was looking forward to this. Oh. Tell me all about it. Um, who, I know where both these people are from. <laughs> yes. Um, who they go upstate to get away from like technology and whatnot. And then in the meantime, there's an alien invasion. Yes. Like it is. It's not high concept. It's fairly. It's War of the Worlds. But it's just what happens when it's just two people alone in the woods and it's a comedy. Two people who. Um, they're, they're very relatable as millennials and they can be annoying, but in a way that I can't really, <laughs> I can't, um, uh, be too angry at them at because they would be me if I was <laughs> in this scenario. It's pretty realistic, I think, um, but funny and, um, honest, like my, it was fine. Um, there was a really great scene in it though, where the boyfriend, um, he really opens up to his girlfriend about his fears of his own inadequacy. Hmm. That was so true and real. And I was like, Oh, I, we really need to encourage men to speak about their feelings more. It is true. Cause that's a lot bottled up in there <laughs> that I feel like so many, um, men generally feel but also particularly this are kind of weird in between generation mm -hmm. um, are we children are we men are we children of men clavo and please tell us <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah where you want to be like we come from still very like masculine fathers but then this everything is all touchy-feely and you want to be in tune with your feelings but also you're still a man so i'm sure it's there's a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. Didn't so, expect to see that in this movie. It kind of popped out and popped out. What? I don't know. It just, uh, when they're going through everything and they're trying to kind of be more in touch with each other, it was unexpected and I thought it was very insightful and I was like, oh, that's, hmm. I like that a lot actually. Um, it was fine. It's certainly, um, does not end as I expected. I think maybe the pacing, like, it's kind of plateaus a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think because, like, the writing was fine. Like, the acting was great. I really like both of them. They're very relatable. I think it was just kind of the pacing of it was a little off. Okay. Like, the, the feel of the movie feels like absolutely something the Duplass brothers would make or something like yes. that. Yes. Like, very much in that, like, mumblecore style of movie. What the hell is mumblecore? It's... I've heard the term, but I don't know. It, it's, like, a specific genre of comedy, like, where it's just, hey, people are talking about their feelings. No, There's no high emotion, per se. Like, everything is always ebbing along about the same emotional level throughout it. And... Um, I don't know about that. Um, because they're, they're trying to work on their relationship and stuff, and they're kind of going through that 30-something... It's not a midlife crisis. It's a thirty-something crisis of just mm. like your jobs are just kind of eh. the ennui of like life. Like, what is? Yeah. What are we doing You're here? You're in a relationship. You love the person, but also it's become kind of mundane. Mm -hmm. um, so it's fine in terms of motion. I think it is. It's a less dark version of like a Duplass thing. I okay. feel like. Yeah, that's fair. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I'm not beating down any doors to see it. Yeah, but, but it I don't okay. necessarily regret it. It was, it was cute. Okay, all right. Um, because it is October, um, I reminded myself, like, oh, I guess I should watch something spooky or scary. Oh. <laughs> um, and I went back to a classic, a movie I really, really enjoy, uh, The Thing. Uh, I've been wanting to watch it. Is it going to scare me? Oh, hell yes. Oh, it will really? scare the shit out of you. Oh, no. Wait, which, because it's been remade before, right? It The one that everyone loves from oh. the 1980s, directed by John Carpenter, starring, uh, Kurt Russell and, uh. Gosh, why well, can't remember? It's Keith David. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Keith David. Th- also, they're looking super fucking handsome. In this I know. Movie. I'm like, sure. Looking... As soon as he said Kurt Russell in 90 Days, I was like, I'm in. His hair is all over the guy. You know, I place. love a good head of hair. You and Keith it's David, either, polar opposite. It's no either hair. beautiful hair or Jason Statham. Like, <laughs> I, I need it. I it, don't give me mediocre hair. You're gonna love this movie because you got both. All right, mm. you have the long hair of Kurt Russell and the sh- the baldness of Keith David, rocking a solid goatee. Ooh. Um, and he looks so young in this; it's crazy. Um, Getting a little sneak peek of my phone here. But to back to your original question as to whether or not it's a remake or not, it is a remake. Okay. The one in the in the 1980s is a remake of a, of a movie in the 1950s. Gotcha. And one came out in 2011, which is a prequel to the one oh, Lord. in the 1980s. Um, it it makes sense thematically, but it's like, oh, we didn't need this movie, the, the 2011 yeah. one. But um, I love the thing. It is, the basic premise is, uh, for you kids out there that listen to this <laughs> show, uh, it's Among Us, the movie, um, which is a popular game that's happening right now. Oh, I don't. Um, but the basic premise of the movie is these are men who are at an a- Antarctic research station. Right. Um, and an alien infiltrates uh, the station, posing as a member of the crew. And one by one, crew members start dying, and they have to keep figuring out what, who is the creature. Okay, don't don't say too much. Uh, yeah, that's all. I'm, I'm ending right there. Um, is some of the best visual... He looks like a different... Sorry. No, go ahead. He looks like a different person <laughs> in this. Like Holy he, moly. Yeah, he looks, looks good, much different. <laughs> That is good. Keith, I see you. Um, Mm. It is amazingly tense, and then that is balanced out with extremely grotesque moments of horror. Oh, no. It is some of the best physical, like, animatronic and puppetry effects that are happening on screen. You mean, like, alien bursting out of a chest style? Yes. Oh, no. Okay. Which means I'm going to have to watch it alone. (laughs) No. I would recommend doing a Zoom view of it, doing it with someone. Oh, um, maybe Zen will let me mute it. Maybe. Um, it is It is good. I can deal with gore, but I'm assuming there are bone cracklies. Um, when things change, bones grow. <laughs> That's oh, all I can no. say. I hate it when things change and bones grow <laughs> werewolf style. That's one of my least favorite things in the world. It's racism, poverty, <laughs> And then bones growing. Calcium. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Um, I'll mute it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's just a cool movie. I don't know. Like Antarctica is a sea is a setting where it feels like as close as you can get to an alien planet totally. on Earth. Absolutely. And it, they're not in Antarctica. They, of course, it films like in America, but it just feels like Jesus Christ. Like. I never want to be stuck on a research station alone. Between, <laughs> it's either Antarctica or like the depths of the ocean are both very like weird, yeah. surreal. 
places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing, I found it on Showtime. Hmm. Um, they took it off of a lot of, it was free on a lot of services. <laughs> they took it off because it is Halloween time and like, oh. got to make that money. Okay. Maybe I'll wait till November. Yeah. Yeah, wait till November. Or maybe I'll rent it and then Kurt Russell will get a 10 cent check from me. <laughs> so you're welcome, Kurt. Babe! We got another check this month! Goldie! Goldie! Get out the good dinnerware. Girl, you can get that guacamole from Chipotle. Mm. Don't invite the kids. <laughs> 10 people watched my movie. Um, So I watched the vow mm. continued watching the vow so did i i think there's one at least one episode that i haven't seen i okay. think it's the most recent one mm-hmm. um and at this point i'm just hate watching it which is not something i usually do that is where a lot of people are with it but like honestly. i what bothers they went through horrible things the women particularly for sure i don't like some of them seem to be enjoying the limelight a little bit too much i think it's a little gross Mm -hmm. particularly the princess lady oh uh, Catherine oxenberg yeah she sucks (laughs) it's uh... like i get that she's trying to get her daughter back but she clearly is putting it on extra for the camera and i think it's fucking gross i don't like that it's weird to say that storyline but like there feels to be like a big focus on that yeah it doesn't interest me. No, same. <laughs> like, I, I, it's weird to say. Like, I don't feel a huge amount of sympathy in that scenario. But at the same time, I do because this is a human person that's been, like, you know, tricked into this organization. And she was younger and yeah. stuff. And her mother was the person who introduced her to the that's organization. the other part that it's like, so, like you brought her into this. You can't like, crucify her for this, dude. Like, this was, like, so. And at one point, she makes a joke about how um the person i like the most oh shoot i forgot her name is the australian woman bonnie yes mm. i really like her she seems very sincere in she all of her efforts the canary in the fucking coal mine totally um and she was super brave and i don't think she she particularly enjoys being on camera like the other people seem to which is so juxtaposed to her husband yes. who is weirdly recorded everything it's a little unsettling it's bizarre i think of all the people i like them i like bonnie and i like nippy nippy is my guy yo so why his name is nippy i will never know it really should just be a documentary about they should done an episode dedicated to his name how he got it and i just want to see the first reactions on people's faces as soon as he introduces himself <laughs> and i want to see like what how are she must have introduced him to her parents like this is my boyfriend nippy what's that short for short for short for nippy what it's short for short for nippolis <laughs> like what nippodemus <laughs> i'm greek <laughs> like what the fuck um Because he fucking tells it like it is. He really does. And as soon as he found out what they had done to his wife, he was like, oh, fuck this shit. He shot off. He was like, you're you guys are fucked up. We're out of here. How like you fucked up my wife. I don't want my kid involved. We're out. He was the only minute one. Yeah. He was like, 
black and white, this is wrong, we're out of here. Like, there's a line you crossed it, we're yeah. fucking done, we're gonna burn this place down. The fact that his allegiance was to his wife over the stupid organization Absolutely. was like, yes, that's so commendable. <laughs> you're where your priorities should be. And Bonnie, like, she couldn't really trust Mark in Poor that Bonnie, sense. yeah. Where she was like, I love you, but I don't know where your allegiances lie at this point in time. She was incredibly brave to do that. Yeah. Um. So... Um, yeah, I have, I do struggle with feeling terrible for some of these people because it, they did, most of them did go in as adults and yes, they were manipulated and definitely the organization did terrible things, Mm -hmm. but they also went along with it in particular, the men, because when they showed like when the women went to like the men they show the classes yeah it was just like oh this is super fucked up like when they discuss you know what the division of nexium sop society yes. of protectors yeah. like society oh, of protectors so go fuck yourself oh my god <laughs> just a bunch vanguard. of vanguard jesus oh. christ yeah. What I still don't understand is how you let this dweeb like manipulate He's you. He's such like a this. fucking dork. Like, oh my god! Like, I I see him and my hands just want to give him a wedgie over oh, yeah. his head. Like, but when they show you the class, like what what they do in the men's classes, it's just like, why? How do you? How did you think that was okay? Think this is fine at any point from this guy telling you that this is fine too. Like, all of this at any level is wrong. Yeah. Like. And, but I just, the the people that were just missing something in themselves that felt like this was filling that hole, it's just, God damn it. I just, you wind up just feeling very bad and very sorry for the people that yeah. had to go through this. Yeah. And the, the circumstances of their life that brought them to feel yes, that way. Yes, 100%. Um, I think I started to like, I can't remember Bonnie's husband's name. Paul. Mark. Mark. Um. I came really came around on him, and he seems like a decent human being. By yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, he when stupid princess lady was making a joke about Bonnie, literally sleeping in a dog bed at the end of their bed on the floor, mm. and she was like ha 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 ha, and he was like, stop, like it's not funny. You're like re-traumatizing her right now like you can you not see that she's upset like yeah they weren't this isn't a fucking joke Mm -hmm. knock it off and then it was both he was upset both about seeing his wife get so upset and he was also super mad at himself like how did i ever think that that was okay that's so wrong so i was like i he was always like okay ish but i really came around on him um when just basically when people own up to like how their actions also played a part in it but um it's interesting i agree with you they definitely play it out for you know they're trying to get blood out of a stone with that one for sure and like i don't really care about the fbi and stuff getting involved like whatever but i still it's enough that i kind of want to see it through um because keith rainieri is a piece of shit yeah like from a storytelling perspective, the crazy, salacious drama piece of it happens around episode three or four. Yeah. Where they discuss, you know, the branding. Yeah. And then after that, it's all not clean up, but like just a little bit. Yeah. More information than you 
would need maybe or just like i don't know it just feels like your climax happened in the middle and 100 like, we're just we're coasting. going coasting and like yeah. plateauing after that I'm yeah like, well okay i agree and um, it's just a lot of phone calls a lot of phone calls but apparently um in more uh nexium news mm. um they are doing another series oh god um on stars uh centered <laughs> around <laughs> they make decent television <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> and most don't. <laughs> but um, they're doing another documentary series that's going to be based mainly on Catherine Oxenberg and her daughter, oh, India. God. And it's like, okay, give that its own space to breathe. And they're doing another season of The Vow. What? Yeah. See, that's where I think it's just kind of gross. Why? Yes, it feels exploitative at this it point. It 100% like, is. Like, why are we doing two seasons of this thing that one is very recent like this happened like mm-hmm. it all came to light in 2018 um and two like it's a, it's a story that everyone's not everyone but it, it w- had a lot of media play yeah like this was very you know prominent uh, when, the, when the story broke and it could have been five episodes and you made it like eight or nine yeah and you could have done five and let us want more yeah like oh well what happens next and yeah they're they, I don't know what the next season is going to be about primarily, but I it, it has to involve like Keith's trial, I guess, which yeah. is happening now. Like, yeah, I because really, what you're even though it's gross, but what I'm there is to know what kind of twisted things happened with the cult yeah. within it, right? Yeah, that's what you're there for. That's essentially. the true crime aspect of right, it. Right, that like, is fascinating them just making phone calls to each other afterwards once they've gotten out not that interesting right understandable yeah and really just keith ranieri just really hates women he, he does hates women he and it really it's does so bizarre i just like oof. I, I broke it down in my head like oh he's he is a pimp he, and, and like yeah. and not in like a good way like you're like <laughs> you're a real piece of shit that hates women and like uses them and like you know has broken women to to uh, to his will yeah and like what you're doing is pimping you're you're pimping these people yeah it's bizarre i'm just wondering what happened to you when you were a kid because clearly something happened something bad happened there because your hatred of women is so pure and evil it's insane yeah Anyways, The Vow. Check the it vow. out on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> you only need to watch the first four episodes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to counter that with something sweet. Great. Um, I started watching The Unicorn um, oh, on Netflix with, um, with our man, Walton Goggins. Yeah, how is it? It's so sweet. I've been meaning to like, check it out. It really, really is a sweet, sweet show. Um, yeah, the basic premise is uh, Walton Goggins plays a widower, mm. um, father of two children, and he's getting back out into the dating game. And he is a unicorn because like, oh, you're like a stable guy with a job and two children and is devoted to his family? Yes, women want to bang you. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. <laughs> but um, it's a nice family comedy. It's like him, Michaela Watkins, um, Rob Corddry. Love it. Um, are like the three big names attached to it. They got Rob Corddry and another guy from Ballers. And just felt like, well, I guess Ballers is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Jesus Christ. Because The Rock is too busy. Did you see that they're making a show about his childhood? I did not see that. And I just saw a thing today. On, he's going to have his own show on NBC. Mm-hmm. He's, I don't think, going to be in it. 
um, but it's based on stories from his childhood. Oh, it's it's like a sitcom. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. But I was just like, dude, you, I get that you're trying to take that bull that you love so much by the horns and really make the most of all the opportunities you've been given, but you could also chill. It also feels like oversaturation a yeah, little bit. Like, like I know you didn't have eight movies come out this year, <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> the movies are all inside of your arms. Just, just relax. Bulging. It's okay. <laughs> you keep on having daughters. Just focus on them. It's fine. <laughs> and ripping gates off of your home, which and, is insane. And wearing the tightest sweaters possible. <laughs> the tightest sweaters and shirts that are basically just bralettes on you. <laughs> Good God. Uh, um, no, that, I did not know he had a, another uh, a show about his life coming out. Another iron in the fire. Interesting. But yeah, at the same time, it's like, we can chill a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like, see you from the Kevin Hart school of like, you're getting as much of me as I can give you. And like, we can chill. We can chill for a little at bit. At least Kev, I like Kevin Hart stuff is a little bit smaller. Like, I like his videos on YouTube for mm-hmm. like his workout stuff and whatnot. It's a little bit smaller instead of... Which I guess may be appropriate for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, sorry. Anyways, The Unicorn. No, um, it's it's great. Like, it is just a real simple comedy on CBS. Um, it's you know, it's no, no audience, no live audience or anything like that. But yeah, it's just about this suburban dad just trying to get over the death of his wife and be a decent dad and be a decent friend. And, you know, his struggles to get back into the dating game. I think that's very sweet. It's nice to see a different portrayal of a dad instead of being like a bumbling idiot or mm-hmm. a guy who has no emotions. It's just like, oh, yeah, just a normal guy yeah. coping with death, which is not something you see terribly often, at least not in like a really sincere way. And also having like a nice support network around him. It sounds lovely. <laughs> it's like in some fun uh, guest characters uh, pop up every now and then, like Nicole Byer uh, shows up. No way. Um, Betsy Brandt from Breaking Bad, who was Hank's wife on Breaking Bad. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's just like, oh, wow, like this is so nice. And mainly like women are the guest characters too, Love because it. like whole premise is him like dating and getting back into the world. So Wait, does he go on a date with Nicole Byer? She wants to go on a date with him real bad. She, I love it. She's all day, yes. <laughs> she plays the uh, sister of a friend of his. Gotcha. And his friend is just like, do not go out with my sister. <laughs> she will do everything in her power to get you to go out with her. Do not go out with her. <laughs> Um, yes, Nicole Bias Thursday this on the show is very, very funny to watch. That's um, awesome. But yeah, it's, it is such a palate cleanser. It's real pleasant. Um, you could easily devour like four episodes in one sitting. Um, yeah, the unicorn, it popped up there. I was like, my man Goggins. Like, I, I'm, I'm into whatever you're into, dude. Same. So, yeah. Um, I'm heading back to the darkness, as I so often, <laughs> so often do. Um, I watched this at least a week ago, possibly two, so it's going to be difficult to remember. But mm-hmm. um, I watched a show called A Confession. Okay. This is familiarish. this title. Is it, Jason? Maybe. I don't know. You're scaring me. What's going on? <laughs> the lights go out. <laughs> One light bulb just dangling above your head. Jason. Um, I'm actually writing the story now. I'll just <laughs> ask you a bunch of questions. Um, so it stars uh, Martin Freeman and uh, Imelda Staunton um, and Joe Absalom. Oh, I can't even read my own handwriting. Oh, boy. Um, basically, uh, Martin Freeman plays a detective 
and he's just finally a show about a detective who's just a normal dude <laughs> with a normal family. He doesn't have a dead wife. He doesn't have a drinking problem. He's just a guy. Um, and, uh, well, oh God, what happens in it? Um, someone is murdered. <laughs> As I would assume in a, in a detective show. Yes. A woman goes missing. Um, and, uh, it's less actually about the crime kind of, and it's more about the aftermath because, um, the way that Martin Freeman gets the confession, it's kind of a gray area. Oh. And he basically, there are rules in place that could be interpreted interpreted very generously and he kind of takes that to the max um and so it's more about the fallout and repercussions of his choice to kind of bend almost break the rules in order to find um i don't want to say anything without spoiling it you're not going to watch it i'm very curious like i'm just so um they find one body. They, they get the guy. They find one body, and then and he hasn't read the equivalent of the Miranda rights to this guy. Mm-hmm. But for the first body, that's fine. But then when the guy says, "Do you want to know some more?" and Martin Freeman's like, "Oh yeah, I want to know some more." <laughs> <laughs> what else they got here? Um, he should have technically gone back to the station read him his rights and then the guy would have lawyered up and they wouldn't have found out more about um other women and so he just kind of keeps the guy going Mm -hmm. um and in the background there are two families families of these girls um so one he discovered legally one he technically did not discover the body legally and so you see the fallout of his career how these two families are because one girl was squeaky clean one girl had like drug issues and stuff Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of him him following uh his heart a little bit more because he wants to help this family Mm -hmm. of this girl um it's is kind of the first crack in the windshield and then the glad you see just like the spider web of uh the results of his decision interesting um which is not what i expected i was like wow we really found these bodies pretty soon in the series guys <laughs> <laughs> like what else are we gonna do yeah like what is this the vow get to the climax already get get to know the fans like what <laughs> um so it's just kind of interesting um how they all go about it and uh how it all comes about so yeah it was really really good um the cast is excellent the acting is phenomenal um the only thing is there's the camera is super shaky a lot of the time oh like steady cam basically someone like over the shoulder kind of like yeah like and i after once i finished the series i was kind of looking up to see what other people thought of it mm-hmm. and other people also noticed like because it would just be you know a couple of people sitting at a kitchen table and yet it's shaking. You're just like, what the fuck? Just stand still. God. <laughs> There's a point where it stops feeling like an artistic choice. And it just feels yeah. like yeah. something is wrong here. 
where it just feels like it's distracting. It becomes yeah. distracting after a certain it's point. Distra- it is distracting to the point that I notice it, which I usually don't, you know, notice stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that was the only bad part of it was once in a while you just be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Just stand still. Well, here's some questions. Then. Oh, give them to me. I'm so ready. just logistically, it's a television series, but how many episodes? I believe eight. Is, does it seem like there's going to be another season or is it like, you know, one of these British deals where it's a one and done? <laughs> I think uh, it might be a British deal. Uh, it was, it got wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's predictable, but it's not, which I appreciated. Um, but yeah, I, if you, I, stuff like that usually stresses me out, but it was actually really interesting. I loved Martin Freeman. He's so cute. Look at Bilbo as a detective. I love it. I have such a different opinion on him after seeing Fargo. It's like, yeah, you're a good man, but you can also be a piece of shit. <laughs> and I don't trust you, Martin Freeman, as far as I can throw you. And I can throw you pretty goddamn <laughs> <laughs> He's great in this. He's just kind of, he's not really, you just see little glimpses like once or twice of the Martin Freeman that you're used to. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he's just a very smart, competent confident but not overly confident mm-hmm. just a detective guy sounds like if watson was a detective if Sherlock. watson was a detective okay i don't know that he cracks a smile the whole time and it's fine <laughs> it was great um i i'm i'm curious to see like you know just how it, it all plays across like you know the the families and it just feels like a very small town drama blown it is writ large because like, across this entire town the families of the two girls literally live around the corner from each other mm-hmm. And just how they have to deal with um, wh- who supports who. Mm-hmm. Um, what it looks like to the community, I guess. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I okay. would, it's on my BritBox subscription. That was going to be my other question. So, like, where can one find this? I will give you my login on info. On the BritBox. Because um, it was really... It was really good. I was I stayed up way too late watching it because <laughs> I was into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I'm curious. And uh, this feels like one of those things. Like because of the people attached to it, mm. it feels like either this is going to get like a direct translation, not not like a adaptation, but it feels like this will find its way to some American platform. Oh, you could 100. percent I mean, there's no reason. It's very relatable. Um, because it's the same types of problems that you see in the U.S. of just like, oh, if someone, you know, is a sex worker or is a drug addict or something, they're not going to care as much than right. if, uh, you know, a cute college co-ed white girl gets killed or something. Right. Like you live um, on the fringes of society and this is what you get, where it's like, yeah. no, you're a human being. You deserve more than that. And you see these two families that are both grieving for their daughters. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, no, that means the same to them. And they're very aware of the difference in circumstances and it's, um, they're really uh, resentful, understandably so, that like, no one cared about our daughter before so it was interesting and mm-hmm. um uh really well done and well acted okay yeah i'd recommend it all right um one thing i'd like to talk about that i was told about it two years ago and like i started watching it and mm. then i fell asleep and then like I, <laughs> and not because the movie was bad i was just tired yeah and then i woke up like oh my guess it's done i'm not gonna try to watch it again <laughs> um I said all that to say One Cut of the Dead is the name of the movie. One Cut of the Dead. I've never heard of this. It's so delightful. 
Really? Um, I caught it on Shudder. I think that's its uh, its American platform that it's on. Mm-hmm. It is a Japanese film about... Uh, the conceit is it's a small group of filmmakers making a zombie movie on like, you know, a uh, at a deserted warehouse. Okay. Um, but the zombie movie becomes real because they encounter actual zombies. I love it. I'm in. And the whole thing is done in one take. Oh, shit. Like the camera like never leaves the focus of the individuals that it's like looking at. That's cool. Um, and it feels like really quick. It's like like 45 minutes. And like you're like, holy shit. Like, that felt like pretty visceral and crazy and weird. And then like you see the credits roll and then it stops. And then you oh, then go and watch the making of the making of the movie. Oh, And it's like, wait, what? Did I get incepted? What's happening here? <laughs> Chris Nolan? And then they show you like, okay, these are, this is us hiring the actors for this. And it's like, wait, this isn't a documentary. This is just... This is also part of the movie. Like, we're now watching them make the movie that we just saw. Like, the conceit was, okay, it looked like we were shooting a zombie movie on this island and became a real zombie movie, but actually, this is all for our horror channel that we're shooting, and, like, it's going to be a, a live stream of us showing you this thing. Interesting. And it becomes a comedy, and very sweet. <laughs> and, like, this very nice little family comedy of, like, a director dad who's like, ah, oh, you know, I do things fast and Don't cheap. tell me too much. I'm not telling you too much, but it's just like... Jason, you just told me the whole thing. No! <laughs> I... There's still more to, to be seen in this movie. Like, the conceit of it is very fun, and just, it's two movies in one. And I don't know if you'd ever even get a chance, do you have Shudder? <laughs> I would just use whatever you use to log in. <laughs> um, but it is, at its core, like, hey, making movies is a fun, weird, interesting thing. Hmm. And it was just very fun to, like, see that put out. Um, it sounds lovely. I would totally be into it. Um... I watched to support my husband, but also because uh, I would watch anything with Sam Rockwell. Um, I watched a movie called Blue Iguana. Oh, I've heard of this. I've not seen it. So it's Sam Rockwell, Ben Schwartz, and Phoebe Fox. And they, uh, Sam Rockwell and Ben Schwartz are two ex-cons who are helping Phoebe Fox, who plays this English lawyer, um, to steal this diamond necklace. Um... It's a comedy. I think that it was fine. I think that it didn't really know whether it wanted to be British or American. Because mm-hmm. it's mostly Amer- It's two American actors filming in, I'm assuming, in England. Um, in the setting was supposed to be in England. Um, there's The pacing was off for this movie also. There was no real character development i just a side note here mm-hmm. i mistook this title for the title of another movie mm. uh which is titled dancing at the blue iguana <laughs> um which is not i was like i've heard of this no i've heard of this movie um i've seen this movie uh starring sandra oh and daryl hannah and oh. jennifer tilly it's about strippers at a the non-glamorous portrayal of strippers at a strip club um and what life is like there um, in this world. That sounds entirely depressing. Very, very different movie. Indeed. Indeed it is. Go on. I'm sorry. Were there strippers in this movie? I think there were at some point. <laughs> um, it kind of... So the pacing was off. It starts off good, but then... Um, it, yeah, if it, it was like if... Uh, who directs rock and roll Madonna's husband. Ex-husband. I got Richie. Yeah. It was like, 
a a little version of that type of thing because there's like cockney gangster guys mm-hmm. trying to also get the diamond and stuff it was fine sam rockwell is weirdly good at fighting for some reason mm-hmm. you don't know why it felt like there was a lot left out to kind of explain some things mm-hmm. it just it had the ingredients to be more fun than it was i wanted more from it from a premise, it sounds like the movie Logan Lucky a little bit, like just insofar as a, a comedy of errors with like you know two very likable protagonists. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that it, it's set in Britain with these two very American actors. They are, they are in America. I think they're actually at the diner near where I get my haircut um, <laughs> in uh, in Brooklyn. Oh, okay, um, so it's okay. And then they are hired by this English lawyer. They justify it by being like she, one of her clients recommended them because they are basically friends with this guy. You don't know how. It Mm -hmm. is what it is. You just kind of go along with it. And so she flies them over to England. Okay. It feels like a lot of this movie, you're just going along with it. You're just going along with it. Like, just accept it and move on. Yeah. It just, um, the pacing was off. Mm -hmm. It was fun. I think it, it just, it was missing some spice. Those are two very funny people, yeah. very talented people. And there were a couple of times when Ben Schwartz caught me off guard and really made me laugh aloud. <laughs> but um, yeah, I it was just missing. It was missing. There's plenty of salt, but they needed some more spice in there. Um, it was fine. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. One thing I watched that I enjoy. It was. It was very cute in many ways and mm. also just like yeah this is i'm glad this movie exists uh vampires versus the bronx uh oh i've heard of this it was on netflix yeah yes um yeah basically three kids uh fighting thematically fighting gentrification in the form of vampires um so much of it feels like a 1980s you know kids movie like like the goonies or you know lost boys or something like that or stand by me um, with three very lovable protagonists um, just trying to save their neighborhood from being, you know, gentrified and people being pushed out. Um, and a, an unusual cast, like Shea Wiggum's here. And so is... Is he a cop or some kind of military man? No, he is playing a familiar to the vampires. He's doing all their uh, oh. daytime dirty work. Shay, that's someone like you. Yeah. Um, Method Man is there as a Catholic priest, which is like, cool, that's unusual Method man you know i gotta say whenever he shows up in anything i'm just like oh great <laughs> i'm always pleasantly surprised by him and he's usually a fun character and i yep. appreciate it um zoe saldana is there for a very brief moment Ooh. of time um yeah it's it's good it's uh produced weirdly like like lauren michaels has a hand in this like okay because the, <laughs> is it because chris red who's from SNL, isn't it? Chris Wright is it, but um, the director, Osmani Rodriguez, uh, I believe has worked with uh, SNL in the past. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's nice. It's a story that feels very authentic to, you know, the Bronx. Mm. Um, it's shot entirely on location. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, like it's cheesy in the good in good ways. Not, yeah. not consistently throughout, but like, yeah, they're very obvious. Like, you know, the whole scene is red. Like, well, yeah, vampires are here. Why not? <laughs> like, I like that uh, it's a movie that exists 
in a world where people know about vampires in the sense like we've seen movies i we, appreciate we, that we know what movies are yeah 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 Yeah, like like the kids are watching blade to prepare how to fight vampires fair 100 <laughs> percent. i would do the same like it's it's really enjoyable like at one point um you know a girl joins like their their troop of boys or whatever and they're like all right we have to tell you something we probably have to promise not to freak out okay there are vampires in this neighborhood she's like cool awesome my grandma's been preparing me for this since i was like five <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm haitian like we, we know about this kind of stuff it's like awesome like, this is great this is cool like um it's just yeah it's just very fun sweet funny and just like a decent horror movie like it's not even horror it's just yeah. like it's a fun movie overall there's a difference between a horror movie and like a silly horror yeah and yeah. i wouldn't even say like silly like when it needs to be serious it's serious gotcha. and like yeah it's just solid overall nice i liked it um i rewatched. <laughs> for some reason i was hanging out with zen and two of her friends and i don't know how but we ended up watching jumanji which one the robin williams version okay and there's four of us and only one person hadn't seen it she fell asleep and the rest of us were like this is a great movie it's a fantastic movie <laughs> <laughs> And I did not realize I could quote so much of that movie. I've seen that movie a lot of times, Jason. <laughs> Between like full rewatchings of the entire movie and then just catching it here and there on TNT, which used to play it all the time. I've seen that movie a lot, turns out. It's and been on TV a lot. Me and this other dude were just quoting it back and forth. I I love that movie so It's much. a really fucking fun movie. A lot of the, like, even though some of the effects very much, they barely held up at the time, but like the, um, like the crocodile and stuff, like the puppetry is fun. I find it maybe just because we saw when it was actually new, Mm -hmm. but like I'm charmed by it all. The spiders are super plasticky, and I'm fine with it. That's fine. Like the animatronic, the like the lion in the, the lion. bed. The lion, yeah, yeah. I always thought it was weird when the lion put his claws through the door, and like those don't look like lion claws at all. Oh, I didn't. Know. <laughs> oh, I have to go back and look. It looks very weird, nod, but whatever. I still love this movie. Um, yeah, it was just, it was so great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, as as yeah. I become an older person, I realize like, oh, I'm just David Allen Gray in this movie. Like Listen, that is, we are all David Allen Gray in this movie because he was the only person who was reacting as someone should, which is like, this is fucking insane. What is happening? I'm screaming all the time. And his facial expressions are so priceless. And they made me laugh, even though I've seen this movie a thousand times. They made me laugh every time. Which is, I did appreciate that in Blue Iguana, I will say, to go back to it real quick. Ben Schwartz's reaction to like people getting shot and stuff it's just like him screaming because like what the fuck he's like i don't do this like what and so i very much appreciated him screaming and crying whenever anyone got shot because like that's how people it's a real react. reaction yeah yeah um but yeah jumanji it's uh free on netflix at the moment so i would recommend going back and watching it because it's a good ass time that always feels there's something about that movie that just makes you think of fall like, yeah. it's fall in, like, New England in that movie. It 100% is. And, like, it just makes me think, like, Thanksgiving or, like, October. Yep. Like, or, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it gives me a good feeling. You think of, like, leaves crackling underneath your feet as you're walking to, mm-hmm. like, school. Yeah, it is a very fall vibe. Oh, and then there's the Christmas party at the end. There's a Christmas party at the end. So, I, yeah. 
I just love the idea that like this one boy ruined this town. Yep. <laughs> like by you not being there, like it's just so interesting. Like I, he thought of himself as so insignificant, but like you, your disappearance affected everyone, <laughs> like very deeply. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, your your return, you need to make it right. Um, and you got to stop running. <laughs> um, and there's a weird Peter Pan thing in there, and also because it's like Robin Williams, like mm-hmm. Van Pelt. Right. Is played by the guy that plays like his dad. Right. And traditionally, like in Peter Pan things, like the guy that plays Captain Hook right. is a person that plays like Wendy's dad. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, they know what they're doing here. That was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um but no, I'm glad that's I'm glad that's free. I want to check yeah, that out pretty yeah. soon, I think. Um oh, uh Lovecraft Country came to an end. <laughs> okay. Uh how many episodes? Ten episodes. Okay. You know, it's over. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know, significant TV or whatever, and I, I, I do believe that it's it's important television. I don't like it, but <laughs> it's important. Um, and yeah, I feel like there's so much that happens in it that's like, okay, that's a little over the top, and like, was that necessary? Mm. Um, I I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I just I would like for someone to explain to me why the bad guy is a bad guy. Just tell me that, because I. I don't see it. This one you won't spoil for me, so you can say whatever you want. Because um, it's too scary for me. I already know the, that. The aims of the antagonist mm-hmm. seemed simply to be, I want to be immortal. Okay. In order to do that, I need two things. I need this book, which you guys have, which I think you guys have. Mm. Do you guys have it? Do you, no? You guys have it. Give me the book. That, she needs a book, and she needs the main protagonist's blood. Okay. It's all I want. I don't even hate you guys. I just want to be immortal. Why do you want to be immortal? Shut up. Like, they, she never explains her ultimate motivation. Why do you want to be immortal? I mean, isn't just a fear of death in and of itself enough? That could be enough, but it's never said. It's never okay. stated. Um, and, and the show, like I said this before, the show lives on surprise. Mm-hmm. It's like, you bet you didn't see that coming. You know what can evoke a similar emotion out of people? Signaling when something is about to happen. To give me the anticipation of like, oh man, this thing's about to happen. I wonder if it gets pulled off or not. That wonder of will it or won't it is is just as satisfying mm. as a twist. And they never heard that before on the writing staff of this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that consistently upsets me. Like you just keep going for the emotional pull of like, look at this moment. And it's like, you didn't build to that at all. Oh, weird. <laughs> you didn't create any map to get to that point. We just got there. That and is it was not satisfying to me. Yeah. Other than the cool visual of what just happened. Hmm. Um, they Like it's sometimes you feel like you're selling characters out. Like, the character does a thing, but what was the emotional journey to get to that point? Why did this girl crush the antagonist's throat with her robot arm? Mm. That's a thing that happens. Mm. But, like, why did she do that? Of all the other characters that could have, why'd you make her do that? And it's not something that you should explain to me in the next season. It's Mm. like, what was the journey that we saw of this character where this child became so detached that she felt the need to kill another person. Mm. Someone that did no wrong to them individually. Ooh. So show me the math. Yeah. Show me the math. <laughs> it's almost like they had the full story there and then they just took out chunks and went for whatever looked best visually or whatever. That is what upsets me about the show. They go from, it's like the J.J. Abrams 
Damon Lindelof lost school of writing where it's just like we are here to sh- surprise and check shock out this you. polar bear thing we will never tell you why yes. how what we're gonna give you yeah. cool threads that'll make you question and wonder that sucks but we're never ever gonna tell you because we don't know ourselves gotcha that's not fair and it's and i'm very curious of what the actual content of the book is it's based mm. on a book and just makes me wonder is the book like this is it so all over the place like is it so i don't know which makes me curious to like do more research and just mm. like figure it out because I'm at, I'm at odds. It's something that's so beloved by so many people. So it is generally well-reviewed? It's generally well-reviewed. And I just feel like on the outside, like, just being like, it just, there are things about this that don't sit well with me from a storytelling perspective. Yeah. And there are some things that don't sit well with me from a just, as a black person watching this show, hmm. it's like, God damn it, I'm, and I know it's important that people see this, that people see, you know, the suffering of people as it happened historically. Mm -hmm. But God damn it, I've seen this so many times. Mm. Like, I've seen it too many times. Mm. And I don't know if I want to sit through 10 hours of this again. Gotcha. (laughs) It's just where I'm at. So that's my treatise. Is it because they're not doing anything... Like what are what are they focusing on? Is it slavery? Not slavery, it... just like hey, you like did you know the police are horrible? Like fuck yeah, I know oh, they're horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. <laughs> like, you're, what are you showing me that's different and new here? Gotcha. Um, and just like yeah, did you know like you know Jim Crow? Like yeah, I fucking know Jim Crow fucking sucked. It was a real thing that like occurred and still has ramifications today. Mm-hmm. Like and and I have to step back and realize you're not talking to me. You're not talking to me. You're talking mm-hmm. to other people who've not seen this show. Yeah. And I need to calm down and go have, <laughs> you know, a tea or something like that. <laughs> like, so it's it's upsetting that it just feels like reach my level, but they know where I'm at and this is not for me mm-hmm. necessarily. And yeah. sometimes I, it, it's, it frustrates me and I have to con- consider that. Like, we're not talking to you, black nerd. We know that you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the other people that don't. <laughs> Gotcha. And which is what I have to remember sometimes. Fair. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is it is something worth watching because it is one a big cultural touchstone in our in a world that is so not a modern culture. It's something it feels like something that a lot of people are watching. Mm. So it's nice to be in on the conversation. Totally. Um there are very cool visuals there. Is it, it do you think it's too scary for me? It's so some episodes can be too scary for you, I think. Okay. Um, but overall, they really lost me at the image of the zombie girl. Yeah, <laughs> that one zombie children, <laughs> or like it was yeah. like a demon child, but like I don't like demon children. I think they're ass especially the show. when they walk weird. Yeah. Oh, don't give me a don't give me a, a crab walking demon child <laughs> is right up there with. We're going from man to werewolf and our bones have to grow with us. <laughs> They're at the same for me. I can't do them. I cannot watch The Exorcist. Sure. When I watched Constantine and within the first five minutes, there's a girl going up a wall like a spidey. I was like, oh, what have I gotten myself into? I hate this. It was my least favorite part of it. When those kids, those little... When they walk funny, when he turns into like a kid or whatever and like walks weird uh, through yeah, the library. Yeah. Hard pass, Jason. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about it that certain tropes are just so viscerally disturbing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they get me every time. Totally fair. 
Is she? Is it consistent throughout, or does she just like pop up in one episode? One episode. It's one episode focused on like the the demon children following this one girl. Oh God. Um. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm not gonna get into it further. <laughs> I'll give one episode a try and see if I can deal with it emotionally. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, you watch the first episode, and because if you like the first episode, maybe worth keep continuing. But if you don't like it, maybe not. For, for for your purposes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I would say first episode is more monster. You like monsters and stuff. I so. love a monster. Yeah, it's more monster based okay. than anything else. Monster based content, right up my alley. Real monsters and imaginary monsters. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's Lovecraft Country season one and my feelings on it. Got it. When I sent, there was a sketch about it on SNL. I was just like, Jason needs to see this. I think there are both sides of that that are right. Like, yes, yeah. it's cool to be so into it and like very fervent about it. But there's also people like, well, what the fuck is this about? Because <laughs> everything you said doesn't make sense <laughs> together. It did. I, you could tell that there were opposing views, but also like no one seemed particularly wrong. But yeah. No one seemed particularly right. Mm-hmm. And they, you can imagine there being a real debate in the writers' room of just like, but oh, I don't know. <laughs> just fair um i did watch a scary thing oh well not scary really um la revolution i have not heard of this at all on netflix what is this netflix knows i like a zombie thing mm-hmm. it's um basically a reimagining of the events leading up to the french revolution but hmm. with zombies interesting <laughs> and not zombies like mm, zombies like putting your arms out and like, bleh. not like Walking Dead zombies, but um, uh, people who are immortal. It's kind of half zombie, half vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are immortal and they are able to be brought back from the dead. And then they just kind of look like regular people, but hmm. uh, they like to eat people. Interesting. Okay. Um. There's a couple of real hawk dudes in there, Jason. Is it made in France? Great question. Didn't do much research on this one, <laughs> to be fair. Um, I don't know if it was made in France, but it is a French French language show. film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it sounds very seductive, even when they're talking about zombies. <laughs> um, it's and it they poured a ton of money into it. It looks great. Um, they sometimes you know more about what's going on than the characters do which can be a little bit frustrating because you're like come on guys just catch up mm-hmm. so we can keep on going with this um i think it was eight or ten episodes um it's very violent and gory um because it does kind of um you have to kind of keep following along to figure out what's going on um I don't want to say too much. I think you might like it. I'm the setting itself just seems interesting. Yes. Like the French Revolution and dealing with like zombies, a different kind of zombie like yes. that, than what we're used to, I think. Could be interesting. It feels like there's a lot more intrigue involved in this. Oh, there is. is we oui, we. Oui. Does it present itself like this is the secret history of what really happened? Yes, it does. Okay, Jason. I love a secret history. Um <laughs> it's Basically, your the main characters are one person is a uh, countess, mm-hmm. and one main very handsome. I love a Middle Eastern man 
learn so much, Jason. Mm. Uh, he's a doctor, and I looked it up, and he's 30, so even though he looks younger, it's fine. We're safe. We're good. Um, and um, one of the themes is, get this, Jason, sometimes rich people aren't nice. Get the hell out of here. I know. Sometimes wow. they're selfish. They keep things for themselves, while the poor, they're over here being poories. I don't know where the hell that could happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly not in this country. Uh-uh. In this time. In this <laughs> election year. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot. Uh, it, it's, you know, metaphors for that and whatnot with mm-hmm. blue blood and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, you're basically kind of following this doctor who... Uh, trying to figure out what's going on um they're rebels the countess of course kind of which is a little annoying she's like the one really nice rich person who does want to help people mm-hmm. whatever um the i don't want to say too much yeah it was it was fun i watched the whole thing um it looks really good it's very like literally dark like there's a lot of very blue gray scenes. The filters on yeah. the lights and feel okay. Um, so watching it in the dark, sometimes I was just squinting because I was just like, I don't know, if this is my <laughs> lighting or your lighting, but I can barely <laughs> see what's happening here. Um, the bad guy is very like uh, you really like hating him because he's such a little shit. Um, I'm just picturing yeah. the bad guy from uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame or Notre Dame as <laughs> the the villain of this. He does have very sharp features and is very pale. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, there, I think there's probably going to be... It just came out on Netflix. There's probably going to be a second season. It certainly sets it up for there to be a second season. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think it will fall under the Netflix curse of like two and through or three and free? Like we don't go past three seasons on Netflix that much anymore. There wouldn't be any reason to go past three seasons, I don't think. Okay, okay. If they do, they've drawn it out too much. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I w- if you like um, A, French stuff, <laughs> B, some handsome gentleman, um, C, uh, kind of zombie-esque things with some... It's not quite horror, but it is a little bit scary here and there, mm-hmm. or creepy. I think you'd like it. Okay, it was fun. So, I wrote it down. I might check. It out. I think you would. You might be into it. Okay. Um, but, 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 but. I watch a few of the things. I feel like there's only one or two other things really worth talking about. Same. Um, I did watch Ted Lasso uh, oh. on your recommendation. I watched the first episode of Ted Lasso. Um, it is very funny and very goddamn sweet. Like it's very, very hard. It heartfelt. only gets sweeter, Jason. <laughs> like, it really is like such like a a, a heartfelt ass show. Like it's, it's yeah, a lot of uh effort being put into it, but also like effort from the characters themselves, yeah. like trying to make shit work. They're very earnest and sweet and generally go in with the well, most of them go in with the best of intentions. Um and yeah, I find it very uplifting. I was surprised at uh, uh, at Hannah Waddingham. I was like, "Who is this pretty older lady?" She's beautiful. Well, she's hot, and she's super tall and very statuesque. And I was like, "Where has she been?" Game of Thrones says, oh, "You're the 
adult mean scepter. <laughs> that, the, you're the shame scepter. <laughs> shame bell. You. Yeah. Man, that frock was hiding a lot under I there. I can't My remember goodness. what she looks like. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like she's very gorgeous. She um, really is, yeah. You should see her when they get her into some other outfits. Oof. <laughs> Oof, she's pretty. But uh, but that aside, like Jason Sudeikis, it's good to see him on like a regular show again. Like um, right. That guy's, you know, he's great. I really enjoy his he's work. He's terribly charming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's just enjoying his time and like doesn't do as much as he did like five years ago. But I think he's just being a family man. And, yeah, like, I think so. Letting his wife fucking be the lead. And, yeah. And, and, now like and yeah. doing amazing work yeah go for it um so yeah i i w- want to watch more episodes of ted lasso i only watched the first one i was very i was watching it late i was very tired mm-hmm. i was like i could do more of this but like i'm just very sleepy right now i think um once you get introduced to the footballers i think you'll like them they're funny and sweet um like it's easily a show that can be like gross and mean but it's oh, not yeah it really is. One hundred percent. You could take that plot and be very cynical, mm-hmm. um, and make really shitty characters and stuff. But they decided to go with like the light, the light side. They they went and not like it's highbrow comedy. It's yeah. just they wanted to be a bit nicer yeah. in how they treated people, and I really appreciate that. I think that's Jason Sudeikis's Midwestern roots, and I appreciate <laughs> it. And he always wears like Kansas like shirts and stuff throughout, mm-hmm. which is very sweet. Yeah, it's great. I, ugh, it's my favorite show of the year. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I watched a very sweet, the, my last two things are very sweet. Um, no pun intended, because I watched James and the Giant Peach. Oh, it is, uh, not your first time watching it, right? No. Okay. I fucking um, love that. There was something about that as a kid. I was like, I want to live in that peach. Right? <laughs> Everyone wants to live in that peach. <laughs> Food forever. You float on the sea with a group of friends. <laughs> great um yeah i've liked it since i was a kid i think it was one of the few disney movies that i actually owned um because in watching it now i haven't seen it in years and years probably at least 10 years um but i didn't realize it was produced by tim burton yeah which it all made sense the leica studios that did nightmare before christmas yeah I never saw Nightmare. I tried to watch Nightmare Before Christmas and I didn't like it. I think it's hard for an adult to get into that at this yeah. point. I knew when I was a kid it would be too scary for me. I really, mm. no adults had to censor me as a child. I just cut myself <laughs> off. I was like, nope. Mother, father. I know. <laughs> I know this is a right for me. Uh, by the way, I've ordered a TV with a V chip. It's on its way. Uh. I'm going to my bed now. I bid you adieu. It is 7 p.m. I'm, I shouldn't be awake after this. I'm sorry. exhausted. <laughs> The sun is set, and so have I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, oh, yeah. It was the um, sets where they're either at the the very beginning, at the very end, where they're actually on a set. Even though it's so blatantly a set, they're really charming. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, the animation stuff, it all holds up, and it looks really fun and great. Yeah. and I didn't realize, because when I was watching, I was like, I know those voices of a lot of those insects. Mm-hmm. It's David Thewlis from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And then also Professor Sprout from Harry Potter. And I was just <laughs> like, what? 
Um, and Richard Dreyfus, and then I didn't realize Susan Sarandon is the spider. She was a spider, yeah. Susan, this is your greatest work. <laughs> you sounded so seductive and beautiful. Oh my god, I loved it. Um, uh, the songs are very catchy and fun and cute and sweet. Um, it was just such a great, just a great movie. I really enjoyed it. As a kid, I think I, I was like afraid to say that. I like this more than I like. Uh, night before christmas because <laughs> like, i don't know night before christmas is like you know this big musical it combines like two holidays that kids love oh it's a musical yeah oh um the animation's great like it's it's an amazing movie yeah love that movie but there was something that was just very sweet and smaller about uh james and giant peach was like i think i might like this more and it's a sh- and it's a short movie it's a minute uh, an hour and 20 minutes mm-hmm. and like i remember as a kid, when that rhino comes out of the clouds, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a storm, and the storm becomes like the rhino, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that one stuck with me. Like, yeah, I, it, I don't know if I like it more than Night Before Christmas now, but as a child, I was like, I like this more. <laughs> it felt magical then, and still holds up as feeling very magical, even mm-hmm. though I'm 33. I'm, it's uh, worth going back into the old Disney Plus and rewatching it. Okay, okay. It's good to, good to know. Yeah. Um... I don't really have anything else save these two vampire movies that <laughs> ain't really worth anybody's time, um, except for maybe Fright Night, um, if only for the premise and rules it sets up. That's it. It's like, oh, cool. Um, vampire moves next door. He's putting the moves on my girlfriend. You gotta die, bro. <laughs> um, the remake is more worth your time, I think, with starring uh, Anton Yelchin and Colin Farrell and Ooh. David Tennant. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait, you buried the lead on that one, Jason. Rewind. The remake is actually quite fun. Um, I can't type fast enough. For... The, the basic premise is Anton Yelchin's a kid living in Las Vegas, hanging out, you know, living his life. Uh, next door neighbor moves in and starts putting the moves on his mom. And he's like, who the hell is this guy? And what is he about? Uh, and slowly starts to believe, like, I think my neighbor slash mom's boyfriend is a vampire? Yes, I remember when this came out. And uh, he and his best friend, uh, played by Chris from Mince Plus, a.k.a. McLovin, uh, <laughs> go to a local illusionist, uh, played by David Tennant, who's Love like it. a Chris Angel type. Don't tell me too much. And this like, cast is killer. And Tony like, Collette? Yeah, Tony Collette Imogen plays his Poots? mom. And Imogen Poots plays Dave Franco? his girlfriend. Yeah, it's, it's quite Yo. the cast. I mean, you had me. I was like, Colin Farrell, hmm? And then you really sealed the deal with David Tennant. David Tennant's very fun in it. I think this was his first big post-Doctor Who role. Oh, okay. Um, Like his first like big American movie. And he kills it. He's very funny in it. Nice. I might have to check that out. I, it's, uh, I do believe it is available on uh, Amazon Prime for free. Nice. Um, worth checking out. Um... My last thing is my favorite thing that I watched. I stayed up very late last night watching it. Um, I finally watched Coco. Oh, how did you feel about that? What a fucking amazing movie. That shit's a tearjerker. I love it. (laughs) I had not watched it because I was like, music. I (laughs) I don't understand it. I'm not passionate about it. I have not a musical bone in my body. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I probably won't like this movie. 
Also, most animated movies, I prefer the ones with animals over, <laughs> over, over human humans because I'm broken inside. <laughs> um, but I was finally like, I should just watch this movie. Just trying to get the most out of that Disney Plus subscription. Mm-hmm. Trying to watch stuff I haven't seen before. Um, and I started right. <laughs> my first note was, I just finished crying. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a diary entry. <laughs> I have a crush on Brad. Um, it's, I think, aside from maybe like Toy Story, just because I think it has the, obviously Toy Story is a great movie, but also the fact that it came out when we were kids and I saw it as a kid, so it has a certain magic to it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think this is like the best Pixar movie. It's beautiful. It's so freaking colorful. Mm. I was blown away by it. Like, from the get-go, be- like, it starts with... Um, Pixar likes to do a thing where they kind of show animation within their animation mm-hmm. that is different from the main animation. Um, and so when that opens it up telling the story on, like, the like paper flag things... Mm-hmm. I was in, Jason. I was in. <laughs> I did not expect to... I, I figured it would be like, oh, yeah, it was a good movie. I'd heard people, like, raving about it in the past um i hang out with eight-year-olds <laughs> um, but i just know friends who have seen it who really liked it um and i was genuinely blown away by how much i liked it how into the character the main character i was like the way they build the story yeah. and just like the twist that happens therein like I really didn't see it like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, it was so surprising, so pleasantly Someone, surprising. maybe in this room, had already told me the twist. I mean, I don't know who that could be. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? I might have asked for it or something. Mm-hmm. But um, it's even, even knowing that, like, it was... I find some pixar movies frustrating um i don't like i tend not to maybe like them as much as other people sometimes um like up i don't think is a terribly good movie i know people shit themselves over it there is a big school of thought that up isn't that good it's not ask anybody of course the first 10 minutes is great ask anybody what the rest of that movie is it's it's bizarre it's a weird fucking i enjoy it but i think you have a good point it's a weird movie it it is it's it's like three movies slammed together yeah (laughs) and the like an old man living on an island by himself with dogs that he dr marode like what yeah and also fighting like the rival that he looked up to as a child it's weird it is weird um again i enjoy it but you're you're not wrong at all (laughs) And, uh, like, Wally was great, but it was super heavy-handed. Um, I was just personally not a fan of Inside Out. I just, I don't, I tend not to be as on board with them, even though they're all, they're all fine and they're all beautiful. But um, a lot of them are very nice to look at for their realism, mm-hmm. whereas this was gorgeous to look at um, when he's in, what would you even call it? The afterlife? Yes. Like, it's so fantastical. It is yes. truly, like, a fantasy story. It is truly, and, like, just yeah, they we're dealing did. with elements beyond just the everyday and the mundane. Totally. The afterlife, it looks so beautiful. It's so colorful um, that I was just kind of stunned by it. 
Um, and I stayed up very late watching it. Um, and it was just like a good coherent story um, that went like a lot of stories for any movie. Like they start off strong, the middle is fine, and then they kind of don't know what to do at the end. Mm-hmm. But this one, it all wrapped up and it made sense. And it's very uh, like lovely and also kind of gut-wrenching but wonderful. Um, and I was just crying like a little baby. Um, and like when yeah. you zoom out, the stakes are small but significant. And so relatable. Yeah. And it's just maybe it's because I'm getting older, but uh, like everything about it between like, I I guess with Pixar movies, I find that often some element of it doesn't work for me. Whereas this one, the visuals were stunning. The characters were great. The story all made sense. Is there a murder in there? Yeah, but we just kind of gloss over <laughs> that. We just gloss right over that murder because there's always some, in any Disney or Pixar movie, there's also always like a one just very fine tipped, but nonetheless dense darkness in there mm-hmm. that you're like, okay. Um, but I guess poison is the the least violent death, so... we'll we'll go with it um but yeah it was just i didn't expect to like it that much and i absolutely loved it um the music was great just really fell in love with that movie like a fantastic journey for a small but significant purpose yes like yeah it was something that really did blow me away and sat very well with me i wish i had seen it in theaters because seeing Mm, all those colors and theaters and like when they're particularly when they're walking across the bridge and it's covered in like the orangey yellow like petal things Mm, mm, it mm, was mm, so mm. like you just feel like you could touch them like they're so tangible yeah it's great it's 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 such a weird time and like you saying that of like you know wanting to see it in a theater right now we can't go to theaters you know like it's just not a possible thing or not feasible given the time yeah um and there are a lot of people who will question or have been saying, like, well, I'm not going to the theaters anyway. Like, there's something powerful about seeing something on a screen. Totally. In a place with people that you don't know, but you're all there for the purpose of sharing in this experience. You're all invested. It is a weird secular church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, we are, all, we are all here to feel something outside of ourselves. Totally. And take in an experience that you can't normally get. Sure, you could do it at home. But there's something bigger about doing yeah, it. Yeah, you're getting out there. sucked into something and you're forgetting about your life. Yes. For an hour you and a half. You can't pause it and go up yeah. and get an extra drink of water. You are in that seat. Exactly. Unless you're me, in which case, if you know bone breaking is coming in the middle of a Batman movie, you run out in the middle. <laughs> and then you come back in when you know it's done. Which I 100% did because I knew that Bane broke Batman's back and then they're going to have to put it back together again. I was warned and I got the fuck out of there. Has Batman fought the bone breaker yet? He has. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was with my friend's husband, which sounds bad, but she was like, I don't want to see this movie. You idiots go. And I was like, great. And he jokingly tried to grab me. And I was like, no. In the middle of it. And I was like, I gotta get out. And I ran out of there. Like, I see where this is going. Yeah. I've seen. Oh, they're going to fix his back with ropes. That's you know fucking... how we all fix backs with ropes. You want to talk about movies that are uneven and weird. Oh my god. I was like, what is this? Again, I like that movie, but like I recognize it has problems. 
Like, then just sure. gets out of a hole in the middle of the desert and is like, oh, I'm back in Gotham. This is two movies. You know that, right, guys? <laughs> he gets his back broken, credits. The movie after that is him getting the fuck out and beating up the guy that broke his back. <laughs> Why are we doing this in one movie? We're just seeing a chiropractor. Or seeing a chiropractor. <laughs> like, like, did Bane also lock you up? Yeah, I'm the world's most dangerous chiropractor. <laughs> like, oh, cool. It's just him on a series of chiropractor visits, and the chiropractor's just like, oh, another rope one, isn't it? <laughs> did they do the rope thing to you? Yes. God damn it, I keep Fucking telling guys. them. <laughs> oh, they said they're doctors, they're plumbers. Like, to me, the most entertaining part of that movie, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, is the first 30 minutes when Batman comes back. And it's like, cool, he's there in the studio, he's like, the lights are shutting off, and like, with one cop seeing the other cop, like, get ready for a show, kid. I'm like, yes, the show! <laughs> yes! Woo! <laughs> he's back! <laughs> and, yeah, that was, whew, that was nine years ago. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Went on a tangent. Theaters. Yeah, yes. Theaters. They're cool. They're Coco's great. great. Coco <laughs> is the best. Go out and watch it. It's the best Pixar movie out there. Um, the drink, the movie, it's all great. All right? <laughs> Just... <laughs> um, but to your point, I'll always go back to watching Avengers Endgame. Yes, Endgame. When Cap gets uh, Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. The whole theater erupted. There's an electric surge applause, that happens. And we were just like, yes. Like when that happens, when the fucking oh. portals open up and everyone comes back. It's that like, was the second time everyone was like, yeah! amazing. <laughs> like, you know that feeling when you go to a fucking sporting event, you sports nerds? Like, this is what movie nerds feel yes. when they go to a movie. And it doesn't happen often. So when it no. does happen and you're all in it and you all are wanting the same thing, it's the best. It's, it's kind of nice. And like, yes, people shit on big popcorn movies, and I shit on big popcorn movies sometimes too, but sometimes you want to see a big popcorn movie so you can do shit like that. Yeah, great. <laughs> like, you want to cheer with the crowd. You want to fucking clap it up sometimes. Listen, like, I went to go see Aquaman, and when Jason Momoa comes in, and he's got his shirt off, and the woman behind me was just like, Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, I have come to the right theater because I don't know who this lady is, but we are so on board with each other. Oof, yes. And like, I know that people are like, I never want to hear anyone say anything ever during a movie. Like, cool, you don't have to go, but don't say that it's not valid to yeah. go to a movie theater. I miss it. I miss it. One day it'll be back in a in a safe and reasonable way. 100%. <sighs> Here's the vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, you know, please, uh, you know, catch us on Instagram at one hour podcast. Um, I'm yeah. starting it up again. I've been really, really bad about it, but I did some posts on my last Bone Zone, so I'll do some posts about this. It might just be Coco. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, listen to episodes of Bone Zone and uh yeah, thanks for listening guys. Thank you. Bye. Oh, yeah.